This is the Varsity Link Coach's Corner. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Varsity Link Coach's Corner here on the Shore Sports Network. Each and every week, talking Shore Conference football, bringing in guests from around the Shore, getting inside their program, highlighting some of the top games of the upcoming week, recapping the past week, and everything else in between. Bob Batters here with Scott Stump in studio this week. A little bit of a new look we're excited about. Uh, you'll probably see us bouncing around different locations throughout the fall, uh, but the same every week will be us uh, bringing some short conference football knowledge your way. Uh, and it's some exciting stuff to talk about this week. Uh, an eventful week one, we had 15 teams make their season debut uh, along with the other action. And, you know, we'll get to it later on, but, you know, those first two weeks kind of a little bit of an appetizer. We get into division play heavily this week uh, and a lot of huge games coming up. So it should be a good one. Uh, as we talked about, Scott Stump joining us here and uh, excited to have Scott on with us every week. And like I was saying, Scott, you know, that week one, you know, it, it picked up right where week zero left off. And uh, we had some pretty exciting games and, uh, and some interesting results. Yeah, I thought the game you were at, not only was it exciting, we also had ourselves a little controversy yeah. to start the Shore Conference season, get it really kicked into gear. Jackson Memorial pulls out a 20 to 13 overtime win over Manalpin. You had the video, the yeah. video everybody was watching right there at the goal line. I mean, I just tell everybody about the play and you know what your thought was on it. Yeah, it was not like uh, hitting the ground running in the in this week's show, but yes, uh, Manalpin uh, and Jackson, which have it's like a burgeoning rivalry. It's not a really a rivalry in the sense they play every year, but they they play a lot. They play often. Uh, and they play in big games, and it always seems to produce wild results. And that was the lead of my story. But like this one might be the craziest one. It ended with a 20 to 13 overtime victory for the number seven Jaguars over the number nine Braves. And it came after Jackson had scored on its overtime possession. Frank Castellano, 29 yard touchdown uh, reception from Dennis Caswell. But Alpin gets the ball. They're right inside Jackson's five yard line within one play. And then the play that ended all. A controversial fumble at the goal line. Uh, Ryan Jagodzinski from Jackson came from uh, his spot of cornerback, punched it out. Ethan Kalinowskis recovered it. Manalpin signaling touchdown. Jackson signaling no. It's our ball the other way. The refs got together. It was one of those It felt like, you know, 10 minutes waiting for it to be decided. Well, it also felt like one of those NFL college plays, yes. you know, sticking the ball over mm -hmm. the plane. And obviously they're allowed to slow it down to the nth degree yes. to see whether. But in the high school game, you can't do that. So it was just purely a judgment call. And obviously one side's not going to be happy and one side's going to be euphoric yeah. when that happens. Yeah. And that was uh, Jackson uh, on the euphoric side and Manalpin <laughs> on the uh, the pretty bum side. Is It was a great game. Uh especially in the fourth quarter in overtime, it's just a tough way for it to end uh, when it's so close like that. You can look at angles and say, oh, he was totally in. You can look at other angles and say, oh, I don't know. It, it was tough because, especially for me, a lot of people I know had seen you know, my video from the side. I'm not right on the goal line because I can't be because the official is going to go right there and block my view. So I'm a couple yards in, probably about the three-yard line. So from that angle, my initial thought was I thought it was a touchdown, but you know, that, that was not the call. That'll just be debated until yeah, the end it, of time at this point. I mean, in almost a way, you hope maybe they meet again in the playoffs. They did play last year yes. in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe you get that rematch. We can get a definitive answer one mm -hmm. way or another. But I thought two other things real quick that jumped me, out of me that game. We know the lineage of Jackson Memorial running backs. They've for, forever now, like 20-plus years, more and more, they've had seemingly one great back after another. I think you saw a glimpse at the next mm -hmm. one. 
Yes, Jonah Glenn, sophomore for Jackson, uh, had had a big day in week one, 156 yards rushing and a touchdown, and he really got their offense going. It was a pretty sleepy first half, 0-0, all defense. Neither team could get anything going. Manalpa goes right down the field, scores their first drive of the third quarter, and Jackson really needed something going. First play, hits a 40-yard run. Jackson's in the end zone about four or five plays later, and then that's where the game really picked up, and, and he had a big game. They were really impressed with him actually last season. They played Millville in right, the playoffs. Yeah, Coach Mastretta was telling that me that. Game, and they were like, all right, like this kid can play. So they're they're really high on him. That's a it's a program, as you mentioned, that has produced countless, you know, the Shore's best rushers, all Shore guys. You know, they had thousand yard backs for, you know, over a decade. And their all time leading rusher is coaching him. Yes, Mike Golick. So he's on staff, you know, and and their head coach Vin Mastretta said as much after the game, kind of serving as a mentor to him. So they're they're really excited. That, that's a program who you know, they know what a great back is because they had plenty, and they're, they're not going to tell you something that is not true. And they were like, "Yeah, we we're and we're coming really up from the youth ranks, it. from everything I heard, you know, AYF and all that stuff." He and Najee Calhoun from Donovan Catholic yeah. were kind of like the two great backs of their class. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we saw what Calhoun could already do last year as a freshman. He's back and starring again. Now, you know, mm-hmm. Jonah gets his shot, so he's right there. That could be a Two just superstar running backs we have for the next two years putting on a show for us. And the one other unfortunate note, Samir Lee, uh, their senior defensive end, who was having a great game in that game, had two sacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coach Vin Mastretta told me yesterday most likely tore his ACL and is out for the season in that game, which is just terrible news. It's it's terrible news on twofold. First, for Samir, you don't want to ever see a a season-ending injury, and the fact that he's a senior makes it even tougher blow. Uh, but in terms of the X's and O's, he was one of their best defensive linemen. You know, he really came on last year, their coach staff was staying, and it was unblockable in some games. So that's a major defensive piece, you know, you're missing now. Uh, Jackson is fortunate. They have a lot of good, a lot of depth. They returned almost their entire starting lineup on defense last year. So it, they're losing from a position of strength, but still, that, that's a guy that they're, you know, they were counting on to be there in the biggest game, so. And from one thriller to the next, you were just getting all the good games, just <laughs> hogging them all to yourself last week um, because we had the three days of games because don't forget it was Thursday, Friday, and yes. Saturday last week. So then you went from that one to the next night. You're at your alma mater, Brick Memorial. And it's funny, we made such a big deal going mm-hmm. into that game of get more lights for the scoreboard. There's gonna be, it's going to be 52 <laughs> to known. 50. And, blah, blah. and it was actually the defenses that stepped yeah. up in that game. And that's really what stood out. You know, The defenses for both teams, you know, first – Middletown North did a really good job on Connor Dietz, who, you know, had over, you know, just about 400 yards of offense by himself in week zero. And he's done that for the last two years, so you almost expect it. You're like, all right, he's going to get his, you know, 300 right. plus, and you just hope he, he doesn't burn you too much. They did a good job on him. He only threw for about 15 yards. They kind of stifled Brickmore's passing game you know, right from the beginning. And they held him, you know, held him to 160-something yards rushing. You know, he did make some big plays at the end, but they did a nice job overall. On the flip side, Brick Morrill was able to come back from a 10-point deficit to win 21-17 because of their defense. They only allowed seven points in the second half. They really stopped Middle Tenor's rushing game outside of the first drive when the Lions went all the way down and scored. Right. And to me, that was really impressive because what were we talking about Brick Morrill? They're going to score points. Can they stop anybody? And that's now two weeks in a row. Because right. Allentown scored 25 on them, but it was all in the first half. So they pitched a second-half shutout. And then, you know, had a very similar game 
to close out, you know, a dangerous team that we saw in Week Zero put up 45 points. Exactly. And I, I also thought head coach Walt Curry's trust in Dietz is so absolute. They have the ball at the end of the first half. They could have mm-hmm. settled for a field goal literally in the last, like, 10 seconds, right? And they yes. went for it and scored. Yeah, they had they had fourth and goal at the one-yard line, and they were going to go for it. And you're saying, okay, this, this makes sense. You know, you're down 10 nothing. You're getting the ball you know, to start the third quarter. This is a chance to, you know, really set yourself up. Then they get a false start penalty, and all of a sudden it's at the six. So that changes things a lot. We're wondering, what are they going to do? The offense goes back out. And it's a pass play, and Dietz, it wasn't there. He had to scramble, go for the end zone, and got in. Uh, and then the second play of the third quarter, Kevin Andrews goes for a touchdown. So just like that, Brick Morrill's up 14-10. And I, I asked Walt Curry after the game, you know, what went into that decision? And it was like, look, we trust our kicker. We think Jack Murad is very good, but that, that wasn't going to do it for us. Like We needed the touchdown. So they went for it and it paid off. And a clutch interception to seal the game. Yes. A couple of, I mean, the, the game ceiling interception, yes, by sophomore Nizier Matthews, that was big because Middletown North was driving. They needed a touchdown to win it, but they were, you know, inside, you know, the 40-yard line of Brick Morrill. So a big pick, and, and Jimmy Pop had a, you know, it becomes a footnote because it was early in the game. But that's an all-name all team uh, yeah. nominee, by the way, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Pop. Pop. For a football player, it's pretty good. But Middleton North had went down in that first drive and scored. Brick Morrill goes three and out, and it's like, man, Middleton North can – you know, duplicate what they just did, where Brickmore couldn't stop them, you know, they could be in trouble. And then Pop picks off Luke Sheehan on, like, the second or third play in the drive, and that was big. So an, an impressive performance for Brickmore's defense. Again, with the offense, we knew they were going to score. Could their defense stop anybody when it mattered, when they, when they really needed to? And I think they showed that. You know, it was a big game. Trey Talmadge, their sophomore linebacker, you know, 11 tackles in the backfield a couple times. Yeah, they had some hits for loss, which really helped them. Uh, and on the other side, Middletown North, you know, it's, it's funny. If, if you read the, the latest Shore 16 rankings, it just came out. They lost but actually moved up two spots. That's kind of a product of just the rankings right. in general. That but could happen. Like they, that, and they took them to the wire. They did. And they were a, a few mistakes away from winning that game. You know, so they, they were right there. That's, those are two teams that they played, you know, four or five times. You know, it's going to be three and two, two and three, something like that. Yeah, and another – games that jumped out to me were the freeholds both of them yeah freehold township against a ranked red bank team township was coming off the loss the 45 21 loss to middletown north rolls up 500 yards offense on yes. the bucks wins handily three by three touchdowns um we can get to that first and then obviously freehold borough had lost nine games in a row they went zero and eight last year i don't think they scored more yeah. than 13 points in a game mm-hmm. they come out and get 35 right off the bat against a really solid keep mm-hmm. team that features one of the shore's best players but we'll start with Township. I mean, what did you think about their, like, bounce-back effort after that first week against a Red Bank team that, you know, came into the season with some expectations in the in the latest year under Shane Fallon? Yes, a very impressive win for Friel Township. What The 500 yards certainly stands out. That's a big number for any team. Although for Corey Davies, I mean, in his career, I mean, that's he, like, eh, it's all right. He's seen plenty <laughs> yeah, of those. Exactly. What, what impressed me more was the 210 yards rushing. You know, Nick Cardone, their junior quarterback, you know, had his breakout game. Uh, and he's been playing, you know, quarterback parts of the last two seasons, so he is experienced. But when you can throw for 290 and run for almost 90 more, that's a huge effort. I don't care who you're playing. And uh, that was that was big for them because if they can be balanced like that with, with what we know that that passing game can produce when they have the personnel to execute it, 
that's a that's a legitimately dangerous it's, team. They're, they're not the an easy team to prepare for, you know, because not yeah. a ton of teams run that air raid system in the Shore Conference really at all. No. Uh, and Corey Davies knows it inside and out. He basically pioneered it in the Shore Conference. Yes. Um, so that's tough. But you're right to add the running element to that because we always think that's the offense where you throw the ball 40 mm-hmm. or 50 times a game. So if you're adding that running element, you know, and your quarterback is that much of a dual threat, mm-hmm. uh, that's a team. And I think Corey's teams always do a good job of bouncing back. They'll have a loss. They'll come right back the next mm-hmm. week. Just when you think they're sliding a little bit, they'll surprise you and come back uh, and get a win. So I think that was a big confidence booster for them. And then conversely, for old Burrow, I mean, they had a really rough season last year. Yeah. Part of it was a product of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Every team they played except for one was a playoff team. And most of them, you know, Rumson's in the Group 2 final. RBC is one of the, you know, the mm-hmm. number two team in the shore there in the state final. But, I mean, they, were, they weren't even competitive in those games. They were losing every you know, game by – I think they lost every game by 26 points yeah. except for one. Um, but talking to Dave Ellis, their head coach, you know, last year they only had like five seniors and only two of them really played. This year, he said, out of his 13 seasons, the most seniors he ever has, like 19. So all but out of the 22 positions on the field, I think all but like two or three are seniors on this year's team. That'll help. (laughs) So he challenged them in the offseason, and he gave some credit to their strength and conditioning coach, who you know well, Nick Tyson, the former uh, Freehold Borough star quarterback. Um, to challenge these kids to get in the weight room, get bigger, get stronger, get faster. And then they come right out and put up 35 points and have a pair of 100-yard rushers. That, I think, was a great thing. But we also have to talk, that was another game, like your Manalpin game, that had a little bit of a controversial element to it. Yeah, there there was a catch uh, that was a catch, was not a catch. So it's... And it led to mo- the game-winning touchdown, touchdown yeah, by Freehold. for Freehold so. with about six minutes left so in the, the game. The keyboard fan base certainly on the side of, hey, that wasn't a catch. The Friel fan They're bonding with the Manalapan fan base they, they this are. week. <laughs> they are. And uh, it's look, that's the nature of, of high school athletics. I think what hurts it is the replay at the other levels. So people are used to seeing that on TV. And the fact that high school, the NJSA had replay a couple years ago and then took it away. It and, only lasted three years. Yeah, and, and I know it became complicated. Not every team had the required, you know, the – the equipment. So it's and the person the other thing is you need a neutral person. Mm-hmm. Taking the video and interpreting it because, you know, if it's Keyport that has the video and is showing it, then Dave Ellis is going to be like, wait, this is the home team and we're watching their video (laughs) or if it's the other way around. So you need like that. So I think part of it, it's almost like having, you know, how everybody that complains that there's no shot clock in -hmm. in New Jersey basketball. And they always say it's because we would need another official to maintain that. The tech, not someone would have to work it and all that. So it'll be a lot of logistics to work out to really get instant replay. And yeah. When it, the NJSA did it just for the state playoffs, they bungled it so bad in two games that there was, like, utter outrage yeah. in 2021, yeah, and they just it, scrapped yeah. it. So I think it's still going to stay. I mean, maybe we'll get to the point where technology is so cheap, so easy to use. You can get multiple camera angles, and it's not hard in a couple years that maybe you will reach that point, but we're not at that point now. Right. So those are some of the top uh, games from week one. Uh, everything else, you can head to shoresportsnetwork.com, go back through the uh, – the CVG scoreboard, all the details, recaps are in there, uh, as well as our players of the week for the division, for the uh, overall in the short conference, offense, defense, and special teams. And if you disagree with any of those, you can go on and, and make your uh, your picks uh, for the fan selection, offensive and defensive players of the week. That with the updated Shore 16 rankings and a whole bunch more. Uh, this is the football podcast, but there are, you know, other sports are getting started soon. So we'll have all that covered on shoresportsnetwork.com. 
We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our guests. What team are we talking about this week? You'll find out after this on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding, too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner, talking short conference football ahead of a busy week two. Um, and we got some guests today, which is great because that's what the Coaches Corner is all about. Uh, this team had a uh, not a breakout season last season, but one of the best in program history uh, and came into the season with some big-time expectations. They tied the program record for wins in a season uh, and are one of the up-and-coming programs in the shore. Uh, and we're excited to talk to their head coach, and that is John Tierney, the second-year man of the Pinelands Wildcats. So we'll welcome in John uh, right now, and uh, we'll talk some Pinelands football. So, John, first of us, thanks uh, for taking some time to uh, join us. What was the wet bulb looking like down there in Tuckerton? Because it's like a 1,000 degrees in early September. Number one, for having me on. Great. Um, so luckily, we, were at we, we could go before at 7 a.m. Well, that's good because yeah, we got it in. <laughs> no <laughs> midnight <you>. practices. No. <laughs> no but, but let's talk about this season. I mean, traditionally, Pinelands has been an underdog. I mean, like the facts you know, are that there's, they've only won, we've only won one division title. That was in 1987. But you come into this season off a seven-win season in a division where, on paper, you guys look like the favorite. No one else in your division won more than three games last year. So, I guess, what's it like to come into the season now? Do you welcome these expectations, or how do you deal with increased expectations this season? To me, we will always be the underdog. Um, I think you take a look around at some other rankings. Not going to mention names, and we're not even in the top ten of Ocean County. So, as far as we're So, we, you know. Last season, you know, you're first there as the head coach, but you've been coaching around the shore for a long time. So I know you're excited to get your first job as a head coach. What were some of the things you immediately wanted to implement in the sense where you're probably saying to yourself, hey, when I'm a head coach, like I want to do this or do this. And, you know, what were some of those things and how were you able to, to implement those into a successful year one? So first and foremost, I put the weight room one. Mm-hmm. Um, if kids weren't out before, I wanted them to wait. So we had some this hard hat of the week award. And we worked the hardest in the way in the week, not the hard hat. Mm-hmm. And it was just great. You guys are coming off a uh, 41-13 win over Point Beach. You know, week week one, week zero, whatever it is when you open, obviously. that There's such a big focus on that. You're preparing the whole offseason. You have this one team that you know you can focus on, you know, for months at a time. So when you come out and execute at a high level and win that game – how important is that to set that early tone for the for the season? It's very important because now the kids, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to believe, 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 and you go out and you get a winning, well coached. Now the kids believe in practice, and you know we started out nothing, got a little shaky, four thirteen away. Right, and you guys brought back a lot of offensive weapons this year. I mean, I know your quarterback did graduate, but, I mean, let's talk about some of those guys. I mean, uh, you got Frawley, you got, you know, multiple guys that, that can run the ball. I mean, tell us about some of the uh, the top offensive weapons you guys, you know, employing this year. 
Uh, I'm going to be a little biased here as an offensive line. Oh, I knew the line <laughs> talk was coming. All right. And you got a kid like Tyler Gantt coming back, Anthony Iguano, uh, Jaden Hatch, who's just a monster. He could put in so much work in the offseason. He's six foot five, 280 pounds. Uh, great kid. Cooper Simon, um, Kwasi Goody, uh, Brady Fent, so Chase Martin. Starts with those guys. And then from there, you got your mic for go out make one and Jamie Parkinson, who the kid he sleeps and loves weight. Uh Erica Bonich, um, you know, Dean Houston decided to come back up here, Matt Davis, Liam Villain. You know, these guys are all giving them the ball. And we have a fresh team who scored last week, Jenkins, who's another kid. A fun kid to watch. That offense you run, you know, multiple kind of, you know, pro style I formation. It seems like that is an offense that, you know, can work at a lot of different schools just because you can do a lot of different things with it. I mean, was that, is that the thought process of why that's an offense that you like for your program? I've only played in the eye, per okay. se. So everything was based on the eye. And then you can do 7,000 different things off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned from Ricardo, Ambrose, and Holmes at Talent. And I coached with Coach Corey, who is phenomenal. And we have stuff in there. But everything off the eye. I mean, when you come into this season, uh, some coaches, you know, set concrete expectations of we, ha- we should make the playoffs. We should win a division or things like that. Do you put those kind of things on your team or it's more of a week-to-week type of situation? It's it's day to day, you know. Our is shut the lights off, lock the doors. Tomorrow starts school, and the kids' job is to be on time. Sit in the front of the class, be be a great student. So it's day to day. And coming up this week, it's an interesting clash. It's like you know one of the traditional strong schools of the Shore Conference trying to rebound from some tough seasons. Neptune. You know, against you guys, I think it's a really interesting matchup, especially at their home. They're coming off a win over Lakewood. That's mm-hmm. their first season opening win in nine years. So they have some uh, momentum, I guess. How do you see the challenge of uh, facing those guys? Uh, number one, the quarterback was he's very good. Then you throw this in who had three touchdowns last week. Didn't see the ball a lot in preseason. And he's a beast. Uh, their coach, very late and doing a great job getting right in. Um, it's going to be eight minutes of just who wants it more. Yeah, we're going to go back to last season. I mean, you come in, it's your first year as a head coach. I know you were there. You've been on staff. So, you know, you had guys in mind of who you wanted to coach with. Um, so just tell us about that, like bringing in a staff. Uh, I know a lot of guys were there, but just kind of building that in the mold of what you want. Uh, and tell us about some of those guys uh, that are, yeah. you know, helping the uh, yeah, I mean, the Wildcats. Your AD, awesome. Mm-hmm. His whole staff, Coach Styles, our athletic trainer, Coach Wyatt, who's in the admin office with Thurman. It's great to work with them. But my first call was mm-hmm. he's just he's so particular. He's work harder than anybody else. They get the kids to play for him. Gonna wear those shorts. I was gonna say he has um, a unique game day attire as well. He is aware so that he it's not 1975, right? 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, his defense, I don't care what he wears. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he makes me feel and Bob feel 100 years old yes. because obviously we worked with his legendary father, Joe Adelizzi Sr. at uh, the Asbury Park Press when we were coming up. So Joe was like a tiny little kid <laughs> when we first started. And it's funny, he's one of the people I would say who's as passionate as I am about sports. You know, he knows kids talk all the time about the 80s and 90s and around talk to him. It's true, and in multiple sports too, because I'll be at a wrestling match in the winter, and I got a tap on my shoulder, and and it's Joe Ad, and we're sitting there talking wrestling, you know, for fifteen minutes before and, the match. Yeah, and I guess one other thing that I think you have good insight into is there's a lot more women and girls getting involved in football now, and you coach the flag team, uh, the girls team at Pinelands, and you have a girl Holly Lucas on your varsity team this year, who I think might have made some short conference history in that Point Beach game. I think every girl that's ever played in the short conference has been a kicker. Yes. And she got into the game as a, a lineman, so or line woman, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess like do you feel like there's just a lot more enthusiasm and girls like you know, focusing on football and wanting to be a part of things? So her her father and brother played the pine. Okay. Yep. Um mom sort of played her in seventh grade coaching her in seventh grade, and she was great. She was awesome, awesome being a great teammate. And when you guys stuff in the beginning of the year, there was like any interesting stories. I just see like Holly the football player, not Holly the girl football player. Mm-hmm. I didn't right. put it down. And just because she's one of the one of the people on the team. But she's a girl and she played and it was pretty awesome. <laughs> now did she now you're talking that was at uh, the middle school seventh grade yes. when you were coaching the middle school team there. Does she play on the flag team with you as well? No, she doesn't. Okay. She Back, and she's very, very good and business, and she concentrates. Excellent. I mean, what's her reaction? She doesn't start, right? So, so you had to tell her to go into the game against Point Beach, right? Or was it one of your assistants? I guess, like, what was her reaction to getting some time on the field in that game? She just ran out, ready to go, and and I'll be honest, forgot, didn't post anything. Thursday became it was just college. You go to every court. Plays really hard, practice players. So. Right, and I guess that's the hope ultimately, yeah. right? That like these girls are in the mm-hmm. game or playing, and it's not a big deal anymore. It's just part of football. Yeah, exactly. That's great. It, yeah. it definitely is becoming, and like you said, there's most of them are kickers, but it seems like it has become the point where it's like, okay, if you want to play, and like you can play. Like I know, I'm waiting for the first like flag crossover, like some yeah. girl who runs like a four four forty <laughs> on the flag team. And can just fly and then, like might play receiver or something like that. Like that'll be that'll definitely be a fun development whenever it happens. I'm sure I'm sure God can get it. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, John, great to talk to you. Uh, <clears throat> exciting to see uh, you know Pinelands coming off a seven win year. And like Scott said, he has some expectations. I know, like you said, you're taking it one game at a time. I would not expect a coach to tell me any different. They might take your coaching card away if you don't say that. So you, you know that, well, but uh, it's really I know there's funny. excitement. We have this where Holly made, you know, people are talking to her, but I'm not looking past it by any means. Mm-hmm. Next week. Oh, you know, yeah, that big subplot. Is that the central game? And yeah. I, he's going to be moving out on Saturday. <laughs> yes. Later for on. those who don't know, yes. John's son plays for central. So that'll be interesting. 
that's you know, and you know what? We'll uh, I, I'm gonna ask you one more quick one about that because I, you know, I definitely remember the most you know prevalent one was over the last you know, four years. I think it was four years ago. You know, Middletown South head coach Steve Antonucci coaching against his son Tommy, who was Manasquan's quarterback. And that was a little more different because the game plan all week was like, kill Tommy. You're right, exactly. And You're sitting like, at the dinner table yeah. staring at the kid thinking, how many sacks are we going to get on my son on Saturday? So probably not the same, right, as Liam plays wide receiver and plays defensive receiver. back. So it's not, you know, you're not, it's not to get that kid on every play, but <laughs> – you do have some insight into his route running abilities, I guess, huh? You're gonna just gonna be you're gonna be hunched over your playbooks and over your other stuff. <laughs> like, stop looking. Like, don't come in the room. Oh, my computer's not. There's <laughs> <laughs> like twelve password encrypted, like you know, NSA yes. level security on that computer. John has reached out to all the Swiss banks to see what their <laughs> encryption methods are for the playbook. That's great. Well, uh, good luck to you this uh, this weekend. Um, I know you guys are excited about what the season holds, and I know it just started, but uh, I'm sure it's going to go quick, and we'll probably look back in a month saying what the heck happened. But uh, some big games on the horizon for the Wildcats. Uh, thank you for your time, John, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys very much for having us. All right, that's Pinelands head coach John Tierney talking to Wildcats football. And uh, we're going to talk to some of his players uh, in just a few minutes. But first of all, on Pinelands, uh, you know, last year's seven wins – and that's a huge season for them, especially in, in his debut when that program has, does not have a long right. history of success. They only won seven games in a season twice. And not only that, of duplicating yes. success. Like, they would, they'll, a lot of times they would kind of, you know, have a sophomore class that they follow up through senior year mm -hmm. and sort of peak at senior year. Yes. But then all those kids would graduate, and then they're going back to two wins and sort of starting all over again. So if he can keep it really going here and get another winning season and – you know, and that again, that develops enthusiasm. Then the numbers grow. Mm -hmm. Then you get more, you know, maybe more talent comes and wants to play for you. So, yeah, I think uh, this is a big season. And I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the, def the division realignments, right? Mm -hmm. And how they can really help certain teams yeah. because you're not facing like some schedule of doom. You can actually make some headway, mm -hmm. make some progress. And I think Pinelands has really taken advantage of that. They've taken a step up in competition mm -hmm. a little bit more this year, bigger schools. You know, like, again, like a Neptune, even though they've struggled, it's still Neptune. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. Central, for all I know, that if, if Pinelands can get past Neptune, Central versus Pinelands might be for the, that division. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, yeah, they've, they've done it. He's done a really good job. And I think he's, he's just so great at generating enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Tommy Farrell from Manchester last week, like when a similar program with a similar history. Yeah. When they got in there, it was like, we just want to change the whole vibe around the program. That's a big thing when you – I mean, you've seen high school kids. When you get them to believe in something, yes. you can do way more than maybe even they thought they could. It's critical. It's also very hard to do. So when you can pull it off or begin to put the program on that path, you're right, it's a huge step. So and they're, you know, they took step one. Now they're going to try to – I think it's a really big two. one this weekend. Yeah. You know, this is one of those ones if you get this – more people will really start to believe, mm -hmm. like, wow, they've turned a corner. Like, they are really becoming, like, a division title threat and, like, a possible playoff. You know, they've only had a couple playoff berths in their yeah. entire history. So making the postseason would be huge for them, and I think this game coming up is going to be a crucial part of that. Yeah, like we said, week two and already some huge games coming up. We will talk about that and more with, uh, with a handful of Pinelands players uh, coming up in just a minute. So quick break, and then we'll be back. Talking more, more Wildcats football, uh, you're watching the Varsity Link Coach's Corner on the Shore Sports Network.
back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. You can watch uh, this show every week on shoresportsnetwork.com. You can also catch it in podcast form wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Apple Music, Spotify, you name it. Head there, and uh, you can listen to us in the car, at home, wherever you want. So talking short conference football, we just got off uh, with Pinelands head coach John Tierney, uh, and now we're going to welcome in a, a quartet of the Wildcats players uh, coming off a 41-13 victory over Point Beach in week one uh, in their season opener, and now a, a big one against Neptune coming up this week in division play. So we'll welcome in right now uh, from Pinelands, uh, Liam Villinger, uh, senior. We also have Devontae Bonds, Mike Frawley, and Holly Lucas joining us. You see them pop up on the screen. We'll get talking to those guys. And first of all, uh, right now we have Devontae and Mike joining us. So guys, first of all, thanks for taking some time on a Wednesday to join us. And, uh, you know, a nice way to start the season. Certainly, you know, 41-13 over Point Beach. How big is it? Uh, well, all the buildup you guys have during the, you know, the offseason to come out in that first game, all that hype, all the adrenaline, and go out there and, uh, and pick up a win? I mean, it feels good. Uh, we knew we were going to go out there. Last year, it was 19-0 after the first half, and they kind of came back on us. Mm-hmm. We really didn't know how it was going to go. And, Devontae, uh, you guys came in this season with big expectations. You know, traditionally, Pineland's been kind of like an underdog most years. What was it like coming in off a seven-win season and, you know, having people think you should contend for a division title, you know, that the target's a little bit more on your guys' back this year? Uh, like Coach said earlier, I really still were the underdogs because, like, people still, we got to do our thing and just get the, just keep winning and doing our, if we do our job, I think we're going to have a banner back next year. You know, little, uh, some internet issues here with you guys, so we'll try to, we'll, we'll get another uh, question in here. Uh, for you, but you know, I'll, Mike, I'll ask you. You know, again, it's a program that hasn't had like a ton of sustained success. So last season, Coach Tierney's first year, come out, you win seven games. You really play well, competitive in every game. You know, even the losses. Just tell us about what that did for the the excitement and the expectations now coming into this year, where you know you're excited about what you did, but I'm sure you guys want more and feel like you can achieve that. I mean, yeah, we do want a lot more with our success. Uh, growing up, I've always wanted better for the program in a way. And uh, coming up and then having T- Coach Tierney come for us, uh, he was my coach back in 7 8. Uh, we did decent back then. Um, we, we look at ourselves as a foundation. And uh, we didn't want to set the foundation for everyone else. We were really the only class that really stayed together. And it's, it's showing because we're having success mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And we're just looking to get a number on that banner in the gym that's our only goal that's all that matters i gotta ask you mike tell me about the nice one-handed catch we're able yeah, to see a highlight of that absolutely. against beach uh just tell me about that play that's got to feel good making a touchdown catch uh i gave him the inside release i was getting doubled at that point and, uh i got my head around and i just saw the ball and i only got one hand up stuck it was a new pair of gloves <laughs> those gloves now are amazing. It's like joke, like, man, I wish I had those when I played, but no, really, those are insane. We have the old Newmans that didn't catch yeah. anything. Now you got the Justin Jefferson you can go behind the head and grab one. Uh, one more thing for you, Mike. Just after the kind of season you had as a receiver last year, second in yards and catches, 
are you expecting to just be double teamed more? And- I look at it as if I'm helping the team as best as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a player out of the box. I have two people on me. They're essentially playing a 10-man defense. So that leaves room for Jamin to run crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters to me is winning. If I have to get taken out of the game and for my other guys to shine, that doesn't matter to me. I just want to win. Tony's going to like hearing that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, um, Devontae, real quick uh, for you. I think I yeah, like 17 tackles in the beach game, so you started off on fire too. Um, just tell me about the defense and the kind of tone you guys are trying to set and, and how you're trying to play each week. Um, Coach Ads puts together a great defensive plan each week. And just follow through, and it just happened to get me 17 tackles this last game. I had to do it every week. <laughs> That'd be a lot. <clears throat> You're gonna are you gonna like try to challenge Liam for the team leading tackles? I guess we can ask Liam about that in a second. But <clears throat> Liam, I think was like third in the shore in tackles last year. So <laughs> is there like friendly competition though within the team about like stuff like that? Like I know it's tackles I mean, and like yeah. it's not the be all end all, but I imagine there's there's some conversation about that stuff. Me and Liam, like, grew up, like, ch- like best friend between us two. So, like, the competition between us is going to be, like, friendly. And we're going to fight for that state is what we're going for. Good stuff. Uh, just tell me about uh, Neptune coming up. Uh, excited to play a traditional shore power. And uh, they're 1-0, you know, as well, coming off a win last week. Just what are, what are your thoughts, uh, both of you guys, going into that game? I mean – it's a good football team. We've watched the film on them all week. Um, we also believe that we're really good. So we have a lot of weapons coming back. Our offensive line, I feel like we've lost a couple seniors, but we're really strong up front, and we're going to be able to run the ball all day long and the passing games there too. So we really have all the weapons to just count some defense that happens up front. I think defensively, um, Coach, like I said earlier, put together a really good defense. Um, and it's just all about discipline. If we could say discipline and not let them, like, get under us or skin and stuff like that, I think we got them. Sounds good. Well, guys, we're going to let you bounce uh, and talk to a couple of your other teammates. Thanks a lot for giving us some time tonight, and, uh, you know, best of luck this season. Excited to uh, see what the Wildcats can do. Uh, yeah, for I, will, I will be there. I'll be in the house of the, of the Scarlet Flyers. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys in person. All right. That's Mike Frawley and Devontae Bonds from Pineland. So two of those guys, too, they're, they're top players who had huge, you know, week one performances. So we'll, uh, we'll let those guys go. And now we're going to bring in another outstanding senior, Liam Villinger, who uh, has been a tackling machine the last couple of years. I remember his sophomore year, you know, looking at the stats going, whoa, was this guy with a million tackles, you know. Uh, and then we tell now he's, he's really like a safety, like linebacker hybrid. Uh, and then the same thing last year, you know, third in the shore and tackles Liam Villinger. So, uh, Liam, uh, again, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time out on a Wednesday night to join us. And uh, just first of all, congratulations uh, on that week one win. How Thank nice you. is it to just go out there after you know the entire offseason, the weight program, like everything that goes into preparing for that game uh, and executing at a high level? Yeah, it feels good to get that first win, set the tone. You know, all, all we really want to do is win this season, so that's about it. And how has the, I guess, enthusiasm changed about your team? I mean, do you feel like uh, school's not really started yet, but that, that like there's more talk about the team at school and just more attention and that you guys are just generating a lot more enthusiasm about, you know, football at Pinelands? 
I think there's a fair share of some people who doubt us and like like haze on us for winning, like doing good. But then there are some others that are like put us on high levels and try to keep us going. So, I mean, yeah, there's a few people that do a lot for us and support us. And how do you? How have you dealt with the expectations? Like we asked the other guys. This is the first year in a while that Pinelands has had some pretty lofty preseason expectations, you know, that teams look right. at what you did last year, and it's not like the old Pinelands where it's just, oh, we circled out as a win. It's like, if we want to win this division, we got to go through Pinelands. That's a team we're going to have to beat. How do you deal with those bigger expectations this year? Me, personally, it doesn't affect me. I just try to go out and do my best, do what I do, but... I think it puts like a little little heat on us. But I don't I don't think any of us will take it too much where we can't at our level to play. And like Scott said, it's new and different expectations, but it just seems from talking to everyone in the program, from Coach Tierney on down through all the players, that like that's what you guys want. Like there's no reason to to shy away from it. Like that's what you play for. Like you want to be good and be in the conversation. So is yeah. there a part of you that says we, not only do we embrace the expectation, but we want to take advantage of this opportunity because you do have a good team that, that can accomplish things. Yeah, at the same point, especially from the past years, you know, haven't been really good. So you really don't have that to lose. So you got to just go all out. Do you take it too as a sense that you guys could, if you wanted to, rewrite the Pinelands record book? I mean, you have a chance. Maybe you can look back and say this was the best Pinelands team ever or the, the team that accomplished more than any Pinelands team ever. Like, yes, you have that tough history, but on the other hand, it means that you can accomplish things that have never been done at the school. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to end off my senior year, get one up on the banner. <laughs> and as a senior, too, I mean, you've been I, – I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head if you played and started as a freshman, but I know you've been playing since you were a sophomore, and – now it's senior year, and there's just a different vibe when you know you step on the field, and you know it's you know it's the last first game of the season and all that stuff. So, what does that do as far as the urgency of going out there and knowing that this is your last shot as, as a high school player? Thinking thinking that as a senior, especially before games, you just you just want to go out and have fun, enjoy every second of it, and it just for me it makes me play harder. But also at the same time, it's kind of like a like a sad feeling almost, like mm. time's ending. Up. But. You have the big game coming up against Neptune this weekend, Friday night. Uh, you know, a traditional long-time short conference power. I, they've had some struggles in recent years, different coaches, but it's still Neptune. How do you look forward to the challenge of having to go to their field and, and come away with a win in, in what looks like, you know, a really big divisional game? I, th I think it's going to be a good game. Pretty fair match. It's just I know it's a long ride all the way up there, but I like our I like our matchups. I like what our team's gonna do, and I have a lot of hope in them. I feel like most of the rides are long for you guys, especially with the new divisions. It's not B South anymore, so I feel like you guys yeah. are, are you getting a little used to those. Like, hey, we got an hour. Yeah, you, guys, in the bus. you guys could watch like all of Friday Night Lights or something like <laughs> on your trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's true. The season, the away games for Pylons, you can knock out a good a whole series or like a whole trilogy of movies. Right. You could have Remember the Titans. You could have a whole like <laughs> movie fest the whole way. But um, I guess the other things we're about to talk to her in a, in a minute. But I'm just curious. You know, 
Holly Lucas playing on your team. Coach Tierney, like he said, she just wants to be treated like any other player. But, you know, in a way, like Bob and I were saying, she's like a pioneer to some degree in the Shore Conference that almost all the other girls that have played have been kickers. Mm -hmm. You know, so Holly playing on the line is way different. I mean, I guess what is it like having her on the team, you know, and and her being part of, of this program? It's it's different, but it's definitely a cool feeling. Like seeing her go out and every day just practicing how hard she can. You know, it's it's really cool to see that. And you know, I don't really get much time to practice see her practice, you know, but it's just really cool to see her doing what she's doing. Liam, last one for me. We were talking to Devante before about, you know, his 17 tackles in week one. Is that is that true? You guys have been friends for a long time, and I imagine if there is, there's gotta be some kind of Friendly competition because you're one of the Shores top tacklers last season. Yeah, there's 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 sometimes a little beast, but it's never <laughs> serious. But we we just push each other to get more and more. And but like you said, he had an outstanding game, seventeen tackles. You know, all I did was pick him up, congratulate him for that. I'm not going to be surprised if we see him with seventeen one of these weeks. So, uh, Liam, thanks again for joining us. Uh, some great insight on your season and uh, and your matchup coming up uh, this Friday against Neptune. Uh, again, thanks for giving us some time tonight, and uh, best of luck to you and your teammates the rest of the way. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Liam. That's Pyland senior Liam Villinger. Just a, one of those guys just piles up tackles, whether it's a linebacker, strong safety. Like, he is coming downhill and hitting guys, and uh, they'll take a guy on the defense like that. Oh, 100, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Joe Adelisi's got himself some ballers on that defense. He does. You know, those guys, they played great, and now they're going to get a good test. Like they said, Neptune's got – John said that they got some explosive guys mm-hmm. on offense. So, yeah, if you're running those guys down in the open field and making tackles, I think that only adds more to the legitimacy. And our final guest, you heard us. Uh, we've mentioned her quite a few times already, uh, and that's Holly Lucas uh, from the Pineland Wildcats. So excited for Holly to join us. We mentioned uh, – Female players on the football teams are becoming more prevalent. Uh, it's not the unicorn that it used to be, which is great. And now with the Shore Conference Flag Football League, you're certainly seeing so much more interest in the game. That's trickled down to the youth levels too, which is unbelievable. Holly's not a flag player. She's just a straight-up football player, uh, just like her father uh, and her brother, and now she's a part of the Wildcats football team. So excited to bring in Holly Lucas right now and talk to her. Uh, so, Holly, i got to say, your history of Pinelands football – your father played, your brother played. Was that something always that you just said in your mind? Like, I'm going to play, like, I'm interested in playing football and I'm going to do it as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I started playing seventh grade. Mm-hmm. My brother graduated fifth grade. After he graduated, something that was out. Okay. So, I decided to play. Have you, uh, you know, gotten your bragging rights in? I mean, you guys got seven wins last year. Did your dad or your <laughs> brother ever have a team that won that many games at Pinelands? Um, really bragging rights. I was part of the of seven. Oh, okay. And uh, this is actually uh same time, like a matter of time that mm-hmm. he played from his freshman year to his senior year, and I played from seventh grade okay. and four years each. And like the other girls that we've covered during our time during the shore have almost all exclusively been kickers. 
Uh, you play on the line, much more physical position, all that. I, I, I guess, what is that like for you, you know, in that you're playing one of the most physical positions on mm-hmm. the field, much different than maybe the average girl that's on a football team? Um, well, I've always been like a lineman. I, and um, the same position my brother played. And honestly, I've never tried to be. And I don't think I ever will be. Right. And that's the thing. I feel like you're kind of pushing the boundaries now for other girls to say, you know, you don't always just have to play kicker. Like you can, there's a lot of other positions you could potentially play on the field and you're showing it. Um, I, what was it like in the Point Beach game yeah. when you get in the game? I think that was pretty much a historic moment in short conference history when you got into that game. I mean, does Coach Tierney tell you? Does your position coach tell you? How do you find out you're going in the game and what was that moment like? Um. Tierney told me. I was on the sideline. Tierney told me I was going that note. I said, okay. <laughs> and a bunch of my teammates rushed over. And uh, field and played what I could. And now what was the reaction of the Point Beach player who was lined up against you? Like, was there any kind of, like, double take from him or it was pretty normal? I honestly don't think what was what was Usually, it like? I have text in my bed, so. So he probably didn't even know. Probably not. That's good though. That's that's kind of what you want though, isn't it? That you just want to be out there playing and not necessarily have that huge spotlight on you of oh my god, that's a girl in there. Yep. Moving on to uh, you know what the on the field stuff as far as the X's and O's. I mean the whole we asked your teammates the whole season, the whole off season is a build up to that first game and it's. You're told you can never look ahead. The offseason is the one time you can because you know who your next opponent is. So just what was it like to go out there as a team and just execute really well and, and come away with a convincing victory? We've been working hard during the offseason. And between seven on seven and I believe that we were like we could. And we showed that last week. And now, how do you look forward to the challenge of Neptune? I mean, this is a big divisional game, traditional power. You got the long bus ride all the way up there to exit 100. <laughs> uh, how do you look forward to the challenge of playing Neptune this uh, Friday? Well, the bus ride gives film, gets <laughs> fresh. And I believe in my team 100%. Between coaches, between the O-line, field, and deep. We're a strong team. Yeah, I mean, Pinelands has had individual years of success, like your dad's team that did win the division title, but it's been hard for them to string multiple years in a row of winning seasons. What would that mean to you guys to, you know, duplicate that, turn in another winning season this year and kind of build a foundation of it's more than one, just one good year? I honestly think these past few years haven't had a coach that, and like Tierney, Tierney isn't on the field, also making everything on off field. We, he also like supports our team 100%. That's great stuff. Well, Holly, thank you for uh, taking some time uh, to talk to us tonight, spending a lot of time, you know, in the waiting room there, waiting uh, for Coach Tierney and your teammates. And, uh, Just awesome to see you out there just playing the sport you love. And like Scott said, it's awesome to see it's just becoming more normalized where, 
yes, like it's a story, uh, but you're just out there playing a sport you enjoy, and I think that's awesome. So, again, congratulations uh, individually. Congratulations on the team success. And, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, talking to you more in the future. Definitely. All right, that's Pylands Holly Lucas uh, concluding our Wildcat uh, portion of the show. Always great to uh, have the te- one team on the feature and kind of just dive in, <clears throat> excuse me, a little more on, on you know, just what their expectations are, the season, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so it was good. And with Pinelands, they are one of the more intriguing teams in the shore, at least to me, based off all those things we talked about. Yeah, I think it's always exciting when a team that traditionally hasn't had success kind of turns the corner. I mean, mm-hmm. how much did we love that Marlboro story last year yeah. of them having their best season since the 90s? You know, obviously we love watching the great players, the Michael Fords, the Owen O'Toole's, and all the top teams. But, you know, those teams have success every yes. single year. It's normal for them. Um, you know, if you're Middletown South, the state final is like on your calendar that yeah. you're handing yeah. out to the team like before the season. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, to see a team like Pinelands that has struggled for such a long time to be able to do that and just and have subplots, you know, like a Holly Lucas, like mm-hmm. she's so young and, and you're when you're a teenager, you're not it's not sinking mm-hmm. in. But, you know, in 20 years, you may look back and go, that was like a landmark thing that she yeah. like we said, she's mm-hmm. not a kicker. She's just a regular player on the line, no less, um, and completely holding her own. And like she said, who knows if the the guy playing across from her even knew she was a girl because yeah. she tucks her hair under the pads. And like in the heat of the game, like you're just like, all right, next play. Yeah, like, and it shows go. that she's good enough that like you wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. Um, so I think that's exciting. And yeah, you know, like how many years where they might struggle to only have a handful of all division guys, but now they got guys who are going to challenge for like high level, first team level. They, all had, shore they spots. had two second team, all shore players right. last year. Mike Frawley was one of them. So yes, that's they, they have, they got the dudes as yeah. the saying goes. So they, they're very intriguing. And just going back to what you're talking about where, yeah, they're not a team with all this tradition and lore, but like, that's what high school football is about. Like that, you know, that one year or that team finally putting it together and, you know, looking back on that, bringing communities together, like, that's what this is all about. Yeah, those runs are so memorable. Like, I mean, we're old enough to remember Monmouth Regional the one year they had with Tom D'Ambrisi in, like, the Mm mid-2000s. That was a great ride for them because that was another program. Yeah, you always remember them because, you know, that team is so euphoric and it's so fun for their fans after so many, you know, and you're just happy for parents and everyone surrounding these games that – maybe has watched a lot of losses in, uh, over the yeah. years to now finally feel like, oh, wow, now, you know, we're the ones taking it to the other team and, like, we're the ones getting written up and mm-hmm. getting interviewed. So I think that's always that's always fun uh, when teams kind of try to turn the corner, but you got to do it. Like, you yeah. know, you got to actually execute on the field. Certainly the expectations are there, and, you know, the next part is you got to go out and get those wins. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, just look ahead – to week two and uh, touch on some of the top games. So we'll do that in just a couple minutes. You are watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Back for the final 10 minutes or so of the Varsity Link Coaches Corner. The uh, I guess we'll call this the week one edition. It's the second episode, but yeah. we're going into week. It's very I'm confusing. always like, how do I say? I know. It? Is With it the prior zero. week or the week we're going into? Yeah. In any event, week one's in the books. We're looking ahead to week two, and this is divisional play starts like in earnest this right. week. Like there are some 
massive division games right away. And, you know, when talking about how how much parity there is in these divisions, I think that's what you get. Like, every week, these division games, they're pretty big, at least while we're still trying to figure out who are the contenders. Yeah, are. every week that you send me the picks, it's like I'm staring at all of them <laughs> half the time. Like, hey, this is hard, yeah. you know? Like, these teams might be separated by a touchdown or a field goal mm-hmm. or it's an overtime game. Um, but, yeah, this is the separation time, you know, where we start finding out, okay, this team's probably not going to compete for the division title. This team is, although some of these divisions are so much parity that a team will get a leg up now mm-hmm. and then get knocked back again, and another team will tie them. So, you know, to me, I really look at it like at, at the top, the American division gauntlet is ready to begin. Yeah. Uh, I it mean, is. we got to start with number one, Tom's River North, number three, Rumson Fairhaven. You're going to be – at that game at Borden Stadium, right? It in is, Rumson, yes. Friday night. That place is going to be rocking. I mean, you're talking the team that was in the Group 2 finals last year against the defending Group 5 14-0 and champions yeah. um, who've won now 16 in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the be- arguably number one and number two quarterbacks in the shore, Micah yeah. Ford and Owen O'Toole. Tons of other stars in this game. Jalen Matthews just took a visit out to it's his a Penn bonanza State. He, of, he, of top it's players. like half the All Shore team come to life, <laughs> essentially. Um, but what are you looking for in that game? I mean, personally, I think it's just going to be an interesting test. O'Toole throwing the ball against arguably one of the best secondaries in the state. Yeah, and these two teams have produced some really entertaining games. Uh, when Tom's North is in the American Division a couple years ago, when they had Jake Kazanowski as their quarterback, they pulled off a last-second win, uh, you know, at Rumson. Then last season, the teams played uh, at Rutgers early, and it was Tom's North win. I believe it was 40-28, 40-27, somewhere right around there. You know, Rumson gave them a game for most of that way. Like, yeah, that was probably the most around. points North gave up all year. It I was. Think. Yeah. Going, it, it was, yeah, all year. So, again, it's, it's two of the best teams in the shore, North number one, Rumson number three, two teams with some history, both of their own and against each other. Both programs have seven you know, NJSA sectional Two of titles. the best public school programs in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. So all, there's a lot of that wrapped up in it. It boils down to, can Rumson slow down Tom Zerner's offense? And slow down their run game. Yes. They just come That's right really downhill at you with Ford. You miss a tackle here or there, he's gone. Yeah. And Josh Moore is a 1,000-yard rusher behind mm-hmm. him. So And they have other guys that can hurt you offensively too. So the thing is, yeah, Tom Zerner North is not really subtle. <laughs> They're a not. lot of times they line up, they have a huge line, and they just come off the ball and come at you. I mean, Rumson has allowed, what, six points in each of their first two yep. games against Madawan and Middletown South. So their defense has been playing really well, but they have not faced anyone close to the mm-hmm. caliber of the offense they're yeah. about to see. Um, because Very dynamic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And Ford can throw the ball. I yeah. mean, yeah, everyone knows he's a tremendous runner, but he will absolutely hurt you in the pass game and Pruitt and Council and all those guys. They have four legitimate receivers, field. too, which is another – like, if you look at their offense, you have Ford. Uh, obvi- it's obvious. Right. You have Josh Moore, who is not so obvious to a lot of people, but is one of the best – first-team all-show yes, running back last absolutely. year. Then you're talking about Pruitt. They can move around and do so many things with him. Tariq Council. Nazir Jackson is a speedster. Cam Thomas is a very reliable guy who had a big touchdown in the state final last year. Plus, the line is, like, gigantic, anchored by one of the top recruits in all the states. So, it's like, where – like, what's the weakness? There isn't one. Like, penalties and turnovers. I mean, I'm sure they you know? studied the Millville film because Millville held Tom's River North to 14 yes. points, even though North put up a ton of yards. But 
last year, North kind of started a little slow in that week zero game, too, and then started to gain mm -hmm. steam and was getting better every single week. I mean, the difference is last year, North had breathers built into their schedule. Like, yes. in other words, like, yeah, they, they were so much better than everyone in that colonial division that it was like, all right, if we need to get guys healthy or we need to kind of, if we're, you know, experimenting with a few things or having some glitches with the offense is not a big deal, mm -hmm. we're fine. But you can't do that against this level yeah. of team. Um, the, the other interesting thing, though, is like you would think a, a way to beat Tom's River North is control the ball on your end, right? Mm -hmm. Make Michael Ford yes. either be playing safety or standing there on the sideline most of the game. But Rumson attacks. Like, they throw the ball. They come right at you. They, mm -hmm. they might score on you in a minute and a half. They're not sometimes taking a ton of time off the clock. So it'll be mm -hmm. interesting if they try to alter that. I mean, their running game is more complimentary of their passing game this yes. year. You know, Owen O'Toole led the shore in passing yards last year. He's picked right up where he left off. Um, although Matawan seemed like they did a decent job against him mm -hmm. um, last week. But, again, Rumson's really well coached. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They have multiple guys who can hurt you. But you're right. I think it really comes down to Tom's River North's offense. Really, nobody nobody in the shore has been able to slow them yeah. down. And it, it's really, with North's offense, it's a, you have to play a bend but don't break. You're going to, like, you're going to give up yards. If you don't, like, that's a, it's an incredible It's point. like an NFL even game. Millville. If you hold them to a field goal, like, yeah. that's a win. Look, even Millville gave up. Ford ran for almost 200 yards, and, and like, Moore had a big game. Like, the stats were there. They just didn't finish a lot of those drives and stalled out. So it, if North finishes those drives. And doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, they're really, really hard. Really hard to beat. So yeah. it should be an awesome one. I'm excited to go there. You know it's going to be packed. I'm going to be parking like five miles down past the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, elementary school. On the other there. side of Vowels <laughs> over there. Yeah. Be walking over the Oceanic Bridge to get yeah, there. Yeah, seriously. That's going to be an awesome one. And, yep. and, you know, one of the bigger games, not just in the shore, but around the state. And it starts – a big run for Tom's River North because then they play Donovan Catholic in another huge American division game the next week. So yeah. this is a real crucial stretch of their season. And uh, is they want to cement that number one ranking. Mm -hmm. They want to go into that last regular season game against RBC feeling like we ran through this and we got yeah. one last big test before making another run. But it's going to be hard, man. Every, every week is another top five team. Some quick hitters on some of these other top games. Uh, Long Branch at Manalpin. I kept both those teams in their spots. Coming off losses, you know, caliber of opponent, and Manalpin with the close loss. So it's number eight, Long Branch, at number nine, Manalpin. You know, really, the question is, like, what is the availability of Ernest Revy at quarterback for Long Branch? And it doesn't seem like he's going to be there because he had a giant yeah, cast he on, had a cast on, his, on hand. his hand. And it's, it, you break your hand, it's rare that it's just like a week yeah. and you're getting that thing off. So Allander Daniels came in, the junior, he, you know, did what they was at, what was asked. I think the other thing is their running game really couldn't do anything mm -hmm. against that Donovan Catholic front. Yeah. Um, so they need to get Zaheem Brown and them going um, to take a little heat off Daniels uh, to try to generate some offense against Manalp. And it's both teams, you know, Long Branch is coming off a really tough loss to Donovan Catholic. Manalp is coming off an absolute heartbreaker yeah. against Jackson Memorial. Um, but this is huge for this division. This is, like I said, an early separation game. Mm -hmm. It does stink that, you know, Revy most likely is not going to be able to play quarterback because they are a different team without him Certainly. back there. I mean, he ran for over 200 yards yeah, against Piscataway. Yeah, so I think that that really swings things in Manalpin's there. But I'll tell you what, things got away from them in the second half of that game against mm -hmm. Donovan Catholic, but they battled. Like, it was 13-7 to at halftime. They were, you know, scratching and clawing to stay right in it. The LB doesn't back down. So. I think the defense just got tired because yeah. the offense was struggling, wasn't able to get a ton of first downs. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a crucial game for them um, in, in that division. And I also think, you know, looking at what is it, the Freedom Division, uh, yeah. we're looking at Middletown, North Howell, and Marlboro Southern. That's it. We have two uh, games between ranked teams. And now that we're ranking 16 teams, it does add a level of intrigue in terms of like, okay, like these are these are some critical games. So, you know, that's number 12, Middletown North at number 16, Howell, and then number 10, Marlboro at number 14, Southern. Uh, the Rams, the new team uh, in the Shore Sports Network, Shore 16, Southern 2-0, Marlboro 1-0, you know, Howell coming off the loss, but a one-point loss to Wall. Right. Uh, so no reason to drop them and, and drop them, excuse me, from the rankings. We mentioned Middletown North. So, again, you're talking about separation games and finding out, you know, who is what in division, that's a big it one. It feels like a razor-thin margin yeah. in both of those games. Really like does. a fourth quarter, somebody has the ball with five minutes left, and that's going to decide the game one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Barney got up Rick Memorial. Uh, Mustangs trying to go to 3-0. Yeah, Field I looked it up. Uh, Memorial has not even been 2-0 in – 2012, I yeah, believe Yeah, 11 years. Yeah. So it's been a bit. So a really good start for them. Um, Friel Township Madawan's an interesting game because Madawan's it got way interesting in the last couple it, weeks. It here. did because Madawan zero and two, but they they lost to a Cedar Creek team that's one of the top teams in South Jersey, and then Rumson last week, which is like no offense to Madawan, but you're looking at the schedule, you're penciling that in as a defeat. So they're zero and two, and now they play a Friel Township team that's riding high after putting up you know five hundred of offense on RBR. Yeah. So. That's a big one. If you're Madawan, like you, you can't really fall. You got to get your three. offense untracked. You know, you got shut out in the first game. You managed six mm-hmm. points in the second game. Yeah. Like you got to get that offense yeah. in gear. I think that's imperative for them, especially like you said, playing a team that just put up yes. 500 yards and scored, you know, 28 points. It wasn't like they put up a blizzard of points, but they can score. Yeah, they are going to get on the board. Mm-hmm. So that that to me will let you know, like, man. That'll know. That'll let you know. Okay, well, they're zero and two because they just played two really hard teams, or are they really just going to struggle this year? Yeah. And like the expectations maybe were a little high mm-hmm. for them. Very true, but and especially it's the division opener. So if you're mad one, it's like okay, whatever. We came back, we won our division game, right. and like we kind of reset the season. Forget about those other two. Let's just worry about going forward. And if they if they win and they do that. Like, we could be talking about them in four or five Yeah, weeks I mean, that Independence Division title is still sitting yeah. out there. You're like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the two losses in the other games didn't do anything to to rent, put a wrench in that. So, yeah, you still can come back. But, yeah, that, that game to me in the last, like, week just got real interesting. It did. You mentioned Pinelands Neptune, a big one. You're, yep. You'll be over there uh, taking all the Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that might be at least 50% of the reason that I'm going to just get online for Chick-fil-A repeatedly. Uh, Manchester is 2-0, trying to move to 3-0. Uh, they host Point Beach. And then uh, on Saturday, an interesting one. You have a 2-0 brick team that has played tremendous defense, has allowed seven points in two weeks, but hasn't scored a ton. And they're going to travel to Freehold team that we mentioned, scored 35, gave up 28. So that's an interesting contrast of strengths right there, which will prevail. And that's another division game, too. So you're talking about a separating uh you know, potential separating moments. And, yeah, and, and Freehold probably overlooked in that division, right? I mean, they were winless last year, but now they come out and do that against a real solid Keyport team. Like and like you said, Brick's defense has been shut down so far. They've only mm-hmm. allowed seven points the whole season, but the offense 
has struggled. Like yeah. they, they, nineteen points, then twelve yeah. against Jackson Liberty. Yeah. So and they get they're playing a team that has some offensive firepower that just had you know two hundred yard rushers and a good dual threat quarterback. So mm-hmm. that's Freehold's chance to show like we're back to being the old Freehold, like the division title contender, the regular mm-hmm. state playoff team that they've been for so many years under An Dave offensive Ellis. juggernaut. That yeah, he's a just team that will pain. light you up yeah. if you're not careful. You know, Dave Ellis said too they have more depth at receiver than they've had in years, that they're, like, too deep at all their receiving positions, which for them That's has been huge. rare. Yeah. Um, so they got guys who can make it happen offensively. So it'll be, you know, Brick's defense versus that offense. So yeah. That's a great – you're right. That's an underrated matchup this week. Some interesting ones in week two, and it, it's going to be the same way, you know, from now and until we wrap things up in late November. So excited to cover it, excited to get out there this weekend and, uh, you know, stand on the sideline and see what, see what we can learn because uh, – this season, while we're gonna get through next week and be like, okay, we learned this, we learned this. Like we're we're so plus we so get to enjoy those from... crisp fall, ninety four degree <laughs> temperatures. Like I said, you know, like it's bad when teams are having to move their practices to the evening because you know the, the wet bulb is like it's ninety above, which is like the black territory, which means like uh uh-uh, uh, right? There's no practicing or, or barely anything. It's kind of the new normal these yeah. days. We're, we should remember this conversation. We're like frozen. Like yeah, November. we'll be exactly. We'll be wishing for this when our fingers are gnarled around like the ice encrusted pen as it's like <laughs> raining out in November at some game. We've been there. Yes, we've been there. To some, that, that's a our other podcast that we do, which we'll, we'll be back. Uh, uh, it's coming Monday with that, where we kind of really dive deep into uh, each game uh, in a little more detail from the prior week uh, and the week coming ahead. So. I'm sure at some moment there we'll have to have a rehashing all our like, terrible weather games yes. and stuff. We got a lot we can break down Absolutely. over the course of this season. So uh, we'll get to that eventually. want to thank our guests from Pinelands, head coach John Tierney uh, and their players, seniors uh, Devontae Bonds, Liam Villinger, Mike Frawley, sophomore Holly Lucas. Thank you to all of you for coming on and uh, t- talking some football with us and uh, telling us more about the Pinelands Wildcat uh, football program. We'll be back next week, Uh, Scott and I, doing the same thing. Guests to be determined. We'll see what happens this week. As always, until then, head to ShoreSportsNetwork.com, download the Shore Sports Network app. You can find coverage of Shore Conference football from A to Z. So for Scott Stump, I'm Bob Batters. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner.